You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Uh, and we are continuing to learn uh, Nativot Shalom, uh, the uh, um, series of uh, essays um, and commentaries by the last Salonim Rebbe, uh, Rabbi Shalom Noach Berzovsky. Um, and we are looking at his essay on tefillah, on prayer, uh, and it's called Avodah Balev Zot Tefillah, that uh, the service of the heart is prayer, or prayer is the service of the heart. Um, and what he has spent a considerable amount of time speaking about and what we've talked about together is what, uh, what, what, uh, the Slonimer believes is the, uh, the essence of prayer, the point of prayer. What's the, what's the objective of prayer? Um, and ultimately he says that the, the real objective of prayer is dvekut, is, um, is unity, connection, uh, uh, um, closeness with God. Uh, Dvekut is, uh, literally means like, uh, clinging to, right? Uh, the, the same root in Hebrew is, uh, for the word devek, which means to glue, which is like glue. So, uh, Dvekut is like the act of gluing yourself to God, right? Um, so prayer is, 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 is total connection, total union, total unity, uh, with God, or as close to that as a human being, uh, can possibly get. Um, we've, we've talked about that in a few different uh, dimensions. We talk about the issue of kavanah, like what's the proper intention one should have in prayer. Uh, and so, of course, if the point of prayer is dvekut, if the point of prayer is connection with God, then the kavanah that we have in prayer is um, is uh, is uh, is that closeness, right? Or yearning for that closeness, um, uh, the ability to sort of block out everything else. Um, even our own materiality, uh, and, and connect with God. We spent a little bit of time last time talking about, uh, the physical posture, the physical stance, uh, that one should have in prayer. Hi, Eva. Uh, where would you like to sit? You have to sit over, over there. here. Okay. You have to sit in the same seat. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting started. The elevator was turned off again. Oh, good vault. Uh, and, uh, is it turned on now? Yes. Okay. So I left my walk at the bottom and she took me around to the elevator. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. She said she thinks it's a security reason. Did they turn it on I don't know. Then forget to turn it back on. Oh, well, security, and now we turn it off at night. Um, well, so that in order to Calling ahead and make sure that no, no, you shouldn't. We should turn it on in the morning. We usually do. We just, it must have. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You shouldn't apologize. Um, anyway, so I was just, uh, in some senses, recapping uh, where we've been and uh, talking about the, you know, the whole theme of the essay that we've been looking at so far is this idea dvekut, of connecting with God or clinging with God, that the object of prayer is to have uh, as close of a connection with God as we can possibly have as human beings, right? Which is different than we, what we might think of the object of prayer, or we might think the object of prayer is to get God to grant us our wishes, right? That's not the object of prayer. Uh, we might think that the object of prayer um, is... Uh, 
is, as I suggested on, on Yom Kippur in some ways, right, is, uh, is to refine ourselves. Maybe that's a tangential benefit of, uh, communion with God in this way, but it's, I think, Ntivo Shalom would say that's not ultimately the object of prayer. Um, so there's lots of possibilities of what the object of prayer is, and this is one, uh, uh, theory, uh, that, uh, that the Solonimer is offering. Here we talked a little bit last week about, uh, what, uh, what, what our physical posture in prayer can either do to, uh, facilitate or inhibit our ability to, uh, to connect with God in this way. All right. Uh, so that's where we've left off. Now, um, I'm, uh, I want to start at the, uh, 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 bottom of the right hand column. Uh, so it's line 37 where the lines are marked off there. Uh, beginning of the pair of the last paragraph there. Um, on, uh, yeah, you, that's the right side, frankly. Um, Okay, line 37, first column. Um, okay, so he says, the um, uh, um, uh, so according to my, uh, my, my opinion, that the essence of prayer, uh, is clinging to God, connection to God. So we have to explain the issue of asking God for compassion, asking God for mercy, right? Because there is, I mean, there's so much of prayer that either we conceive of it as asking God for things, asking God to take care of us, asking God for our needs, asking God for forgiveness, whatever it is, right? Uh, so that's in terms of our own conception of prayer. And then also the prayers themselves. If we look in the Siddur, if we look in the prayer service, um, something like a third of it, or maybe less, but something like a third of it deals with asking God for our needs. Uh, maybe a little bit less on Shabbat because we're not supposed to ask for things on Shabbat. But if you pray uh, the regular weekday prayer service, you know, a, a good chunk of it is, is asking God for our needs. So if the point of prayer is connection to God, then we have to explain why some uh, some part of prayer is asking God for things, right? And why so many people conceive of prayer not necessarily wrongly as asking God for our needs, right? So that's the so that's the question that he raises. Well, how do we deal with that aspect of prayer if we're thinking about prayer only as um, connection with God? Okay. So now I want to go to the next column over, line twenty four. Okay, so it's in the second paragraph, or the first full paragraph of that column, line 24. It's the line above 25. In the middle of the line, it's marked off. Um, okay. Okay, so the so the the uh, 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 what he's talking he's referring to something I skipped over just in the interest of time. Um, what my another uh, passage from Maimonides about uh, uh, about some of the laws regarding your prayer, thoughts regarding your prayer, and what he's saying is that the the intention here, the intention of prayer, um, even in the places where we're asking God for our needs, even in the places where we're asking God for things, the 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 proper intention, the proper way of thinking about them is not about asking God for our needs, as it will be explained a little bit later. Um, 
Rather, it's part of the essence of the commandment to pour out your heart before God and to, uh, and, and to seek God's grace. Right? So it's not, it's not asking for things, right? It's just the act of pouring out your heart, expressing your needs, right? You're not asking for your needs to be taken care of. You are just expressing the needs of your heart, right? It's just like, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how many of you, uh, have experienced this in, in relationships, but I, I, my, my wife and I have this conversation a lot, right? Because both of us in, in various ways, uh, like to try to, you know, fix problems. Uh, and we all like to try to fix problems for each other. But so we'll, we'll come, you know, home at the end of a long day at work, whatever, and like, you know, fetch about whatever the problems were that day. And, uh, and inevitably one of us will turn to the other and like start, you know, sort of picking it apart to try to resolve the issue, which inevitably ends up making it worse because like we're not like really in the context of each other's. So we can't really always resolve the issue. And sometimes issues can't be resolved like that. And, and, and ultimately what, what we, you know, what we remind each other is, I'm not asking for you to solve the problem for me. I just want to know that you've heard the fact that I have this problem. Is this what we call venting? Venting, exactly, <laughs> right? I, I, I need to vent, right? The listener needs to, uh, to, to be, uh, an, an acknowledged presence, right? For, um, for, uh, for, for helping bear that burden, right? And for enable, for, 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 uh, the person's feelings to be heard, right? But it's not, you're not expressing it to have the problem solved for you, right? And I think that what he's saying is that, that that's the issue in prayer too. We don't express our needs to God because we're looking for God to solve our problems for us. We're expressing them for the act of expressing them, right? For the act of pouring our heart out before God, right? It's that in and of itself that's of value in prayer, Right, not to expect God to be a, 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 a you know a genie in a bottle that will or you know that will swoop down and solve our problems for us, but rather the the presence of of a loving, non-judgmental other who can hear our needs. How come none of that is actually in the liturgy? At least I don't. All, all the examples of that there. When we go through six thirty Friday night Saturday services, and when what prayers do we actually? The site to help us through that. Well, I mean, I, I, so I, I would say, first of all, uh, some of the prayers in, in the liturgy itself, some of the prayers that might express some of these things are not there because the liturgy on Shabbat is, um, uh, excises most, like, requests for things, right? Because there's a whole idea that Shabbat is a time where you're, uh, at least supposed to pretend that you have no needs, right? So you're not supposed to ask for things on Shabbat, right? That's, uh, that's in the halacha. That's in, that's in Jewish law. But if you go to a weekday service, there's a lot of things that, that, you know, so. Right. So, um, I would say that, uh, um, two thirds of the prayers of the blessings in the Amida, for example, are, are, are asking for needs, right? Tachanun is all asking for needs. Um, uh, um, some parts of the Torah service are, are asking yeah, for you, you know, right? Um, Tachanun for sure, but you know, listen, I mean, you have it, you have it throughout. I never thought of it, I never thought of it in those terms before. Right. Because it's hard to relate to a lot of that stuff in Tachanun. Right. But this makes more sense. Well, so, so Tachanun, uh, ta- so Tachanun for those of you who don't know is, uh, um, 
after the Amida, um, after, you know, the, the standing private prayer, um, which forms the centerpiece of most Jewish prayer services. That's fine. I mean, I, I mean, I can, I could just kind of like sketch out the, the, the generalities of it. So the, the Amida, we, we know where I'm talking about, right? Right. So that's the centerpiece of, of, uh, anything that halakhically is defined as a prayer service. Uh, um, it, it basically consists of the Amida and, and other things too, um, but that's the most important part, right? Um, but the whole premise of the Amida is that you're standing in the presence of God, um, and you have this opportunity, right? So, uh, so uh, the law developed that you should, um, at the end of the Amida, the the gates of prayer continue to be open, right? God's ears continue to be open, uh, and God's arms continue to be open for you. So, uh, so the halacha is that you should. Uh, supplicate after the Amida, right? Uh, pour out your heart, right? Ask for your needs. There's a fixed liturgy for that, although it doesn't, you don't have to, like anything, as I keep saying this, you don't have to pray the fixed liturgy. The fixed liturgy is meant to be a, a tool to facilitate your prayer, but is not meant to be, or doesn't have to be, the prayer itself. There are a few things that you have to say, a few lines, a few words here and there that you, that we have to say, uh, but for the most part, they're meant to be they're meant to be tools, avenues in to uh, give us opportunity to pour out our own hearts, to express our own feelings. Um, and they're there in the event that we can't find the words to say ourselves, right? which happens sometimes. Um, so, so there's a fixed liturgy for Tachnun. And Tachnun, uh, uh, when we do it on weekdays, we usually, uh, uh, it's, you can usually tell it because you go from standing in the Amida to, uh, to bowing your head, right? So you get into this posture that's sort of like, you know, a woe is me kind of posture. Like I'm, like I'm crying on my pillow. And there's actually a line from the Psalms in Tachanum that says, my pillow is soaked with my tears because I'm so, um, embarrassed about, uh, uh, how I failed to live up to my divine potential, um, how I need God's help, and, right, and all these different things. So those are, that's in Tachnun. So, um, so I think Tachnun is, and, and that's what I'm saying, like, it, what we actually say in Tachnun, what's in the prayer book, is meant to be a tool to, you know, uh, in case we can't find the words ourselves, but you could put the Sidor down and just pour out your heart, and that would be Tachnun. I mean, same thing with the Amida, right? Uh, so, you could make an argument that you need to say the first three blessings of the Amida and the last three blessings of the Amida, that those are immutable. But the, uh, but the, um, 13 blessings that are in the middle of the Amida, uh, on a weekday, which are all blessings of petition, you could plausibly close the Sidur at that point and just ask for the things you need, right? Um, but here what, what the Slonimer Rebbe is saying is that what we're doing there is not really asking for our needs. What we're doing there is expressing our needs, right? Expressing what's on our hearts, right? We're expressing what's on our minds. Um, not to have the problems resolved for us, but to, uh, but, but to be able to be heard, right? To be able to be held, right? In, in our need. Sometimes by doing that, you come up with the solutions to your own problems, right? I mean, that's, that's really the benefit of it is that, you know, when I, when I, you know, kvetch about my problems to my wife, I, I, I don't really want her imposing solutions on me, although sometimes she comes up with the good ones. Um, usually the, the benefit of doing that is that by talking it out, I'm able to figure it out on my own, right? What I need to do. It becomes clear to me what I need to do. What is what I do in counseling too, very rarely. I and mean, it's, it's, it, this is the, 
challenge of counseling, because most of us like to solve other people's problems for them, right? So the challenge of counseling um, is, and if you've ever been to therapy, this is the case too, if you have a good therapist, is that the... Um, uh, they don't tell you what, you know, and I, in counseling, generally speaking, don't tell people how to solve their problems, right? Um, because all those uh, solutions imposed on the outside tend not to work, right? The best solutions are self-generated, right? You come to the conclusion yourself, determination yourself, right? And through expressing what the issues are and, and talking them out, you start, it, sometimes it, you, it helps having someone facilitate and like point out what you said and whatever, right? So there's a skill to it. But, but very often, right, the, the, the answer becomes clear to you from you, right? And so I think that that's also, again, if you remember a few, I think it wasn't last month, two months ago, um, the Slonomer says that the essence of, uh, of what it means to, uh, uh, have devekut, of connection with God, sort of know that you're there when you're at almost like a level of prophecy, right? So in other words, like you hear God's voice, right? Uh, or you, you see or you feel God's you know, sort of hand guiding you in the right direction, right? I think that's another way of saying you experience clarity, right? About what direction you should go or what you should be doing, right? That you know prayer has worked, if you um, if you come out of it uh, more more aware of um, of of how to direct yourself moving forward, right? Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the only way of knowing prayer works, but it's it's one way of knowing prayer. Works. Or, but but I think what one of the things that uh, the Sloan Rebbe is saying here is that even if you don't necessarily know what the best next step is. Right, feeling that you are in the loving presence of an other who cares about your needs, even if that person can't solve your problems for you, that other can't solve your problems for you, right? Then you've known your prayer works too. Right, feeling that embrace means that your prayer has worked. Um, all right, so let's, let's read on a little bit more. Um, I feel, so still on line uh, uh, twenty uh, twenty six here. Uh, at the end of the line, right? even if you have nothing uh, like oppressing your heart, right? So to, 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 um, so that's actually one of the challenging things in prayer, right? Is that everything's going well in your life, right? What, what should you say? What should you talk about? Right? Um, so, but even there, everybody always has something on their heart. It's just a matter of, you know, we usually think, okay, like, I, uh, prayer is a time for me to fetch to God. But let's say you don't have something to fetch about. Let's say everything's great, right? Right? That's also something to pray about. That's also something to talk about. Just saying what's going on in your life, what's going on in your heart. Um, so sometimes it's, 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 sometimes it's digging deep because there are things deep down that are actually weighing on you that you're not even conscious of. Right? And sometimes it's, Saying, even though I don't have something that I'm here to fetch about, I still have what to express. I still have something in my heart that I can say. <coughs> right, right, right. Um, I just had to say this because it was just an amazing moment. It has not like, I mean, it's tangentially related to what you're saying, Eva. So, um, uh, I, um, our nanny, Called him sick today, so um, so uncharacteristically, I had uh, both of the kids this morning. I usually take Lila to school on, on uh, Wednesday mornings because uh, Adira goes to work early. Um, 
But today I had both of them and I was like itching to kind of get them out of the house and strap them into something. So I like got them in the car earlier than I needed to. And I got to the JCC parking lot and, um, and I realized that there was a, a clothing donation bin there. And I had a bunch of clothes in my car to donate, like as I like, you know, around my travels. Uh, sometimes you find bins in, in like parking lots or whatever you could do. So I had a bag of clothes that just happened. So I, so I was like, Oh, what a great idea. So I, so I like paused and like went to the, uh, park the car next to it. I closed out. I was like, this is a great opportunity, Lila, because, um, I get to do a mitzvah in the morning. I'm going to donate clothes to people who I don't have them, who, who don't have them. And, and so then, and she says, um, she says, yeah, that's a really good mitzvah to do because, um, cause when, cause I have, a, I, I, uh, I'm very thankful for my clothes. And I said, that's so nice. Why are you so thankful for your clothes? And she's like, because when I was born, I didn't have any clothes. And then, <laughs> and then God gave me clothes. And I was like, oh, so you, so, so did you thank God for giving you clothes? She said, yeah, I thank God every day for giving me clothes. Um, and <laughs> so, uh, so, right. And, um, I, I mean, I think what she, I think what she's, referencing is the story of Adam and Eve getting clothes from God that she read in her Bible stories book. But, um, but right. So, so there you have a really pure distillation, right? Uh, I mean, she, she fetches all the time, but all sorts of things. But here, right, is there's an acknowledgement that, um, that on a very basic level, like I was born naked and I'm wearing clothes now, um, this dress that I like. And, um, so, right. So even if you don't have anything to fetch about, there's something to say. Um, uh, right? So the, 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 uh, the commandment to pray is not only when you have something to fetch about. Okay, so the essence of prayer the, the, the essence of the matter is that you should uh, um, uh, 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 ask for grace um, uh, 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 of significance. Right? That you should ask for grace from God um, uh, 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 from the significance, from the essence of clinging to God and pouring out your soul from the heart, from a heart full of love to the heart of a lover. In other words, the essence of prayer is not getting God to answer your prayers. The essence of God, remember, is devekut, as it says right there, is, is connection. And what that means is pouring out your soul from the heart full of love to the heart of one who loves you. Right? Just like in a relationship. Right? Not to have the other person solve your problems for you, but to, but to express the feelings of your heart to somebody who hears your heart. So the Baal Beit Avraham is one of the previous Sloan Um, and so the, the, the matter is as, uh, the, uh, Beit Avraham wrote, Al Hapasuk, uh, according to the verse, and it's just uh, fortuitous that we that that he quotes this verse from the book of Esther, uh, this uh, um, month of Adar leading up to Purim. Uh, so uh, we have a passage from the book of Esther here. 
Um, uh, the verse is v'tosef Esther v'tedaber lifnei hamelech, etc. Um, so uh, Esther, and I have the whole verse here. V'tosef Esther v'tedaber lifnei hamelech v'tipol lifnei raglav v'tevk v'titchanen lo lahavir et raat haman haagagi ve'et machshavoto asher chashav al Yehudim. Esther spoke again to the king, um, and and. Uh, especially in the Hasidic tradition, but also in general in the rabbinic tradition, even though God's name is never mentioned in the book, um, every time the king is mentioned here, right, every time there's a dynamic between Esther and the king or whatever, when it just says the king, um, even though the king in the book, in the context of the story, is not God, um, there's a uh, uh, there's there's an impulse to interpret um, homiletically that king as God. So here it's interpreting, right, Esther speaking before the king as us speaking before the supreme king of kings, right? So um, Esther spoke to the king again, falling at his feet and weeping and beseeching him to avert the evil plotted by Haman the Agagite against the Jews, right? So there's this image of falling at uh, at the feet of the king, uh, and, and supplicating before him. That's titchanen. I keep on translating that as like asking for grace, but that also phrases it, I think, too much as like, um, looking for a response. Titchanen, I mean, it's the same word as tachanun, which literally means seeking grace, but it, the term is, I just don't know exactly how to translate the English term supplicate, but I think it really kind of just means like expressing the fullness of your heart, right? Um, so, so that's what Esther says to the king in, in the eighth chapter of, uh, of the book of Esther. Sheromez al inyam tefillah lifnei melech machem lachim hakarash right? So this alludes to the, uh, issue of prayer, uh, before the supreme king of kings, the holy one of blessing, right? So, the, so Esther speaking to the king in that context, uh, is a metaphor for us speaking to the king on a regular basis, right? The, the king, not Elvis, the king on a regular basis. Um, right, and then uh, uh, um, uh, it's a quote in Yiddish, uh, which I'll probably butcher here. Zihatzach givatin zoim. She wants to matter to him. She wants to matter to him. In other words, in the yeah, in the context of Esther, she's asking him to fulfill a particular request, right? But ultimately, the issue here is that she wants to matter to him. She wants to be recognized by the king, right? She wants to be acknowledged by the king, right? And and so the issue of prayer for us is not, is God going to respond to us, but do I matter, right? And the and the the uh, the point of prayer is, of course, you matter, right? The prayer is really chutzpahdik when you think about it. Right? The idea that like we like lowly humble human beings can stand in the presence of God and fetch to God about what we need, right? It's chutzpahdik in a way, right? The, the, the optimism of prayer is of course you matter to God. Of course God wants to hear what you have to say. And you have a right and a response, not only a responsibility, but a right to stand in God's presence and say, right? So the issue of prayer is she wants to matter to him. He, he klomar elav oto. And so she supplicates before him so as to say to him that she wants him. Shirotza oto, excuse me. That she wants him, right? So there's a two-way street here, right? I want to matter to you and I want you to know that you matter to me. 
So the issue of prayer, the point of prayer, is a, is an expression of relationship, right? That's what dvekut is all about, right? It's, I mean, dvekut. I mean, at its at its core, you know, the the image I I, I have in some senses of dvekut, the the closest human approximation I can have of dvekut is love, right? Is is a hug, right? Or or if you want to be really a little bit more body about it, intercourse. Right, um, that uh, um, that there's an embrace. Right, that's dvekut is is clinging. Right, which means that what we're saying in prayer, what we're trying to accomplish in prayer, is saying, I want to matter to you, and say to God that you matter to me. Right, that's the essence of prayer. Uh, right, and all the more so if you actually have something weighing on your heart to say to God. Right, that you should uh, uh, speak it out before God. Right, and so also even if you uh, don't have any needs that you're laying out to God, or even if you don't have anything that you're fetching about, um, the 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 heart of the matter is pouring out your heart, uh, whatever is on your heart before God, and doing that mamteket kol hadinim. Uh, in some senses, Monteke Kolodinim is like, is like, um, uh, uh, resolves any difficulties, right? Um, undoes any problems, right? So, you know how it is, like, you know, when, if you have, if you're lucky enough to like, to have like a relationship like this and you're like, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a parent, right? That, that sometimes like it doesn't really, like you could have some really major problem going on and the other person can't solve that problem, right? But in, in, in the moment of expressing what's going on and feeling loved and held by that other person, the problem doesn't matter, at least in that moment, right? And so, uh, and so when it says mamtekit kol adinim, I don't think it means like prayer like that will solve all your problems, right? But at least for a moment, your problem will be resolved, right? At least in that instance, right? The problem won't matter, right? Because you'll have a moment of love, a moment of relationship that can hopefully strengthen you and, and open up possibilities to think through what are the best next steps. You might get that clarity. But even if you don't, you have that moment of embrace. As it is said that uh, that by virtue of this kind of clinging to God, um, uh, all of these, uh, all of the, all of your problems will be resolved, uh, and uh, and and everything will be uh, uh, transformed to good um, because um, it's uh, it's it's strength and love uh, in that place, right, or in God's presence, right. So again, I don't think it's saying that having a good prayer experience will mean all your problems will be resolved. But I think what it's saying is in that moment the problems won't matter as much. Uh, inner peace. Inner peace. Yeah, I think it's a good way of thinking about it, right? Um, that you'll be able to, 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 um, at least in that moment, um, transform that negativity to positivity.
and you'll be able to carry forward some of that positivity in grappling with whatever negative things you're dealing with. And we'll solve it for you. I don't think there's anything magic about it, um, but it's it's like a buoy, you know. Um, well, it puts it in, I think you said proportion relative. It's not all-consuming. Right. You can put it in this place and the rest of the life is still up here. Right. Um, so, and I read further than I, that I intended to, but let's go on just a little bit more. We're going to finish this section of the essay, uh, today and then, um, uh, love to hear what you, what you think. Okay. So, so that's one issue that he's dealing with, which is the question of, um, what's this biz, if the point of prayer is devekut, is clinging to God, what's the business of asking for our needs? Right? And the answer to that is what we're doing isn't really asking for our problems to be solved. What we're doing is, um, is, uh, uh, strengthening relationship, is being held in our need, but not necessarily having our needs fixed. Okay. Okay. And then there's, um, uh, then he goes a little bit further. Okay. And I love this, what he does here. The Odioterg Dola, I'm on line 39 here. Uh, uh, so I, I read further than I wanted to, but now I'm at where I wanted to start up again. So you see the uh, the box there. Ve'od yoter g'dolav amuka shvichat halev batfila al inyanim ruchaniim. Okay, and there's something greater and deeper about pouring out one's heart in prayer uh, about spiritual matters, right? So okay, so there's one level of it, like you know, my my leg is hurting me, so I'm going to like pray to God because my my leg is bothering me, or I have you know, or God forbid, I have an illness or something like that. That's like one, or I need money or whatever it is, right? So that's one level of of asking for our needs in prayer, right? But there's something deeper and greater. He's saying about asking for our spiritual needs in prayer. What do we? What does our soul need, right? We we often think of like thinking about our needs as like what does our body need? What are what are our physical needs? Right? But what does our spirit need? What does our soul need? Right? That's another way of thinking about, um, yeah. And, and it's, it's funny because you think, like a lot of people think about prayer and say, you know, what does that mean to like bring my spiritual problems to prayer? Prayer is about giving me spirituality, right? Is about solving my spiritual problems. And what he's saying is that, no, spiritual problems are another kind of problem that a person has, right? Prayer doesn't give you spirituality unless you go into prayer um, saying, I'm struggling with my spirituality. Like, here's the real problem that I'm having. Like, I don't see God's presence in my life. You know, like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with this moral decision that I have to make, right? Um, I, I had this temptation to, whatever it is, right? We have spiritual problems too, right? Um, and, but we often, like, we, uh, either we think of prayer as, you know, I'm just gonna, like, read words out of a book, or we think of prayer as asking for, our physical needs, but so often um, we don't think about it as um, as uh, strengthening our souls. And what do we need there? Um, so maybe it's the feelings of 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 uh, of of thirst and longing for God, right? So we 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 want God's presence in our lives, but we don't feel it for some for some reason, right? It's just not not there. Um, Right? So that might be something that we bring to prayer itself, right? A lot of people don't come to prayer because they don't feel God's presence in their life. And this is a radical notion saying, if you don't feel God's presence in your life, specifically the thing you need to do is pray, <laughs> right? 
Uh, and all of you are like, no, 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 I don't feel God's presence. So like that, you know, when I feel God's presence, then I'll go and pray, right? And here you have, no, no, no. I mean, yes, that's fine. You can do that, right? But also the essence, the point of prayer is to, is to seek, right? Look for God's presence there. Im mitoch shemeiklo, um, ech nitrachek, uh, meito. You can turn the page over, right? So, um, uh, whether because this, like, weighs on a person, right? It hurts a person, um, how they should, uh, uh, how they can be distanced from God. Yibrach shemo, may his name be blessed. Ve'eno margish kirvato, and they don't feel God's presence. Oh, shachas v'shalom, and now I'm at the top of the, uh, next bit, everybody with it? Good. Okay. Um, och shachas v'shalom, uh, nilkad b'ta'avot ra'ot. Page here. Right? Or if God forbid, um, you are, uh, um, weighed down or, or bogged down with, uh, with, with, uh, with evil cravings, whatever those might be, right? So, you know, we, we, we all have cravings of various sorts, right? And, you know, some, Obviously, there are some cravings that are healthy and some cravings that are not healthy. Um, some cravings that are, that, that have no moral problem and some cravings that are morally problematic or spiritually problematic, right? So maybe you're dealing, you know, you're wrestling with, with cravings that are, that are, that are physically or spiritually problematic for you, right? Um, on the, on the, uh, on either side. Um, odd, right? And to, to the point where you're, where you're, um, uh, um, embarrassed and broken down about it. And you're embarrassed to even look at God about it, right? So that's the spiritual problem you're dealing with, right? You're so weighed down, you know, um, you, uh, um, you know, you, 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 you know, you're whatever, like you're, you know, you're like really, uh, you've been really wrestling with like this temptation to cheat on your spouse or cheat on your diet or, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, uh, you, you know, like you're, 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 you're hurting for money and you have like this, you know, good lock on the, on the scam that, you know, nobody, nobody will ever catch you, right? And you're like thinking about this, but like you're so distraught over the fact that you're thinking about it that like you can't even bring yourself to look God in the eye, right? And so in that situation, that's where you supplicate and pour out your heart like water in prayer. You have, there is no service of the heart, no worship of the heart greater than that, right? Then overcoming those hurdles and those obstacles, right? It's feeling like you, you, you are not, like you can't find God's presence, or that you're wrestling with something that like spiritually embarrasses you. Like I, you know, I just want to like bury my face down and I'm even thinking about these things. Right. And you come to prayer and say, God, this is what I'm struggling with. And you don't have to say it out loud, but you say, this is what I'm, this is what I'm wrestling with. And be like really honest like that, saying that there's no greater prayer than that. No greater prayer being able to overcome your own struggles and embarrassments and express it, right? Being truly honest. And I think that there's a deep spiritual and emotional truth in that, 
right? I mean, I, you know, it's, it's amazing what he's able to do because I don't think that he ever, you know, I, I, I suspect that he probably has very negative things to say in, uh, in his time, um, about, uh, about, uh, psychology and psychotherapy as many in the Hasidic world do. But there's a lot of deep insight psychologically about this, right? I mean, like, like Freud would agree with him, right? Um, Jung would agree with him that being able to express those deepest and darkest longings of our heart, right? Bringing them out into the open, out into the light of day, right? Is incredibly important and incredibly healthy for our own healing, for our own psychological well-being. I have a question. When that happens and you express it, is it possible that he can remove whatever it is from you? Do you believe that or no? So what I I would say is I, 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 I don't, I don't know if, if I would say that God would remove it from you. What I would say is the act of giving, vo- of giving voice to it can help unload that burden from you. Um, uh, you know, so you can think about it either way, right? You can think about God is taking that from you, or you can think about I'm letting go of this, right? Or, or I'm, I'm expressing it because expressing it, right? Being honest about it is, at least one step on the road to healing from it, right? It's, it's, you know, it's why, um, you know, in, in, in a 12 step program, the first thing you have to do is, um, you know, is, is acknowledge your addiction, right? Which is the step that a lot of addicts can't even get to because it's so hard. Like once you, once you acknowledge that you have a problem, right? Then, then you become sort of obligated to yourself to do something about it. And there are steps to doing something about it. One of the steps is, um, uh, is, is asking forgiveness from those you've harmed, which is another level of, right? You can't, can't do that without expressing specifically the thing you've done wrong. So I don't know how much of that. I think part of it is, is depending on your orientation, if it's helpful to you to think of God as, um, helping resolve that issue for you. Um, or you could think of it as, um, God is, uh, is a, a loving and non-judgmental presence that you can speak that out in front of. And by speaking it out in front of God and, and, uh, um, can, can open up channels and open up possibilities to yourself to figure out the way forward, right? Whether you want to see that as with God's help or whether you want to see that as the God inside of me, right? As, uh, is helping guide me in the right direction. I think of God a little bit more internally than externally, um, in, in that sense, right? So I believe that, uh, that there is, uh, a part within all of us that, that knows intuitively the, the right thing to do and the right direction to go. We just drown out that voice a lot of times. I think that voice is God's voice, right? So for me, prayer is a little bit more internal than that. Right. Um, then, then saying, you know, I'm going to express it and hope that God, you know, takes it and like tells me what to do or guides me. In the night. Right. To me, it's, um, uh, um, uh, you know, giving voice to, um, to what's wrong, to what's going on, um, to what I'm wrestling with, because by hearing it, by expressing it, um, um, I, I, I can, I can identify what those blockages are, what those impediments are, and sort them out from what God's voice is actually telling me to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, Does that answer that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, uh, okay, sorry. So uh, line five here. Uh, sorry, line four. Line four. V'hi nachat ruach gadol right? And so that gives God a lot of pleasure. 
Vihita Besefer Akodesh She'al Tfilag. I don't know what, what, what book he's talking about is, uh, uh, the holy book, but the holy, whatever the holy book is, it might be, um, 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 it might be, and there's some other Hasidic book, I'm sure. She'al Tfilag Kazo Namar Ve'onela Amo Oh, Sefer Akodesh is, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the the Bible, um, so um, uh, right. So that's what it means when it says that God answers uh, God's people Israel um, at the time that they uh, call upon Him. So when they supplicate toward God for closeness for connection, then God always answers. Right? So if you go to prayer hoping for connection with God, not necessarily for God to solve your problems, but you hope for union, right? then God always answers that prayer. Right? If you go in looking for relationship, you'll get, you'll, you'll get uh, relationship and response. If you go asking for things, you're not necessarily going to get the thing. Right? Um, right? So... Um, Just sort of tangential, right? But someone was saying to me um, about fundraising the other day. It sort of sounds sort of similar. So if you go to somebody asking for money, you'll get advice. And if you go to somebody asking for advice, you'll get money, <laughs> right? Um, so so here's you know here's a good example of that, right? Is this thing is saying a similar thing about God, right? If you go to God um, asking for relationship, you'll get help. If you go to God asking for help. Right, uh, you won't necessarily get relationship. Right? Um, because in physical things that we might ask for, we ask for money, we ask for health. Right? There are always accusers. Right? There are always a, this is a, a mystical idea that the Hasidic tradition uh, plays with. Uh, and you probably. Um, uh, See this as a metaphor in, in some ways. Right? They're always accusers. There's always like, like those in God's ear arguing the other direction, right? So like, like, you know, I want money. And so there's always like a, a, a katarog is like a, um, um, is like a, uh, like a prosecutor, you know, it's like, um, is like so the, the, an angel in God's ear saying like, yeah, but you just really deserve that. You know, right? Um, uh, right? The, you don't deserve it. He says explicitly, you, you may not deserve that thing. Right? But if you ask for a spiritual thing, right? If you ask for something heart related, soul related, your, your prayer is received immediately. Right? Because there's no angel saying, no, like, this guy doesn't really, like, need spiritual assistance. Right? Um, it's, uh, right? Those are the deepest human longings, right? Everybody needs that, right? Um, you could always make an argument that, like, it's actually not good for you to have more money, right? Maybe, maybe this is a good thing for you to, to, uh, right? Then there's, there's truth to that. I mean, there are people in the world that I wish had less money, um, right? Um, and I can make an argument for some of those people that they should have less money, right? Um, uh, but, you know, I would, it's impossible to make an argument that they couldn't be more spiritually aware, right? You could always be more spiritually aware. Right, so 
right? Because uh, uh, it wouldn't be fitting, right? There's, there's no such thing um, as, a, as an accuser saying that, the, that God shouldn't fulfill that request for, for more spirituality, more connection, um, more union with God. Um, so ultimately, I think he, he really gets to two places here. The first is, um, you know, uh, what's, if prayer is about connection to God, then what's the point of asking for things? And the point of asking for things is not really about asking for things. It's about seeking relationships. And, uh, but there's another level of asking for things that aren't, isn't really about asking for things. It's about asking for, um, for, for, um, a deeper spiritual connection. And, and he's like, and, and if those are the things you're asking for, then that's exactly the point, right? Then you're hitting the point of prayer. If what you're looking for is, uh, is, is more spiritual elevation, a deeper connection with God, finding God, you will inevitably find that in prayer if that's what you're looking for in prayer, right? Those prayers are always answered, right? Um, I, in, in my life, that strikes me as, as true, right? The, um, you know, I, I, I don't have a lot of good luck with, uh, with, with God, you know, responding to my prayers for, you know, um, more money, right? But when I, when I ask for insight, I often find it. When I ask for relationship, I often find it, right? When I, when, when, when I ask for, for, um, for, uh, um, uplift and connection, right? I find those things. Right. Um, it's, um, uh, yeah. So why don't we pause there? 